He can rock it, but I'm like, you just hide it under a hat, so what's the point? Right, why grow your hair out if you're just going to wear it like it's short anyway? <laughs> you better cut this out. I will. I absolutely <laughs> will. So, Salem. Yes. What is your favorite Christmas memory? Oh, man, I come from a dramatic-ass childhood. Um, fuck. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I was like, the Christmas parade was really nice until the year that I lost my favorite doll and, like, sobbed about it. <laughs> my parents always did a good job at, like, making sure that Christmases were special. I remember the one year that they forgot which paper was from them and which one was from Santa. That's the year me and my sister found out Santa wasn't real because they didn't put name tags on anything because they didn't remember what presents were from them and which ones were from Santa. So... They literally just handed us identical looking presents, let us open them, and if they were the wrong ones, they would, they would be like, all right, switch. Oh, man. Well, you got it. You got to write stuff down. See, that's why I just section things out where I'm like, all right, tonight I'm wrapping all the presents from me, and I have the specific paper with the specific name tags, because I go extra, and all the stuff from Santa has, like, shiny paper and shiny <laughs> name tags and, like the ribbons and stuff on it and then the stuff for me is just not as cool i mean i got christmas panda wrapping paper for all of that's dom's magic. presents that's pretty cool see santa doesn't wrap presents where i'm from it's just there right. santa don't wrap shit he's like i made the toy that's enough here you go i'm not gonna wrap it i have had to put so many rules in place because of my son and his weird ass wants for christmas like <laughs> Last year, he asked me for ghost face shoes. And I was like, no, Santa doesn't make clothes. Santa makes toys. Santa also doesn't make electronics. Santa makes toys. So if you want toys, that's what you ask Santa for. If you want electronics or clothes, that's for me. Because if I can't get it, then it's a lot easier to be like, hey, couldn't afford it, dude. Yeah. This year, my son, what he asked Santa for was a Ghostface pop figure, which are bolted. They do not make them anymore, and they sell on eBay for, like, $300. And, yeah, that's not happening. Not happening. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that he asked for was a SpongeBob snow cone maker <laughs> that is 20 years old. I had one when I was a kid. Like, they came out when I was his age. I remember the commercials. And that's what he wants for Christmas, I found one on eBay for like 30 bucks. It should be here soon. Not hopefully. Bad. But like, he asks for the. He's always like, okay, well, since Santa makes the toys, I'm just gonna ask for the things that you can't find in the store. Because you can get me the stuff that's in the store, and Santa can make me the stuff that isn't there. Ugh, the logic. You can't argue the logic. I know. I hate it, dude. He's too logical for me. He's way too logical for me. It's like when he lost his stuffed animal, and I tried to get him a new panda, and the one I ordered him was too big, and everyone was telling me, just tell him Skelly grew up. I was like, no, you do not understand, <laughs> my son. He'll straight up combat me with... He's a stuffed animal. Stuffed animals don't grow up. I'm like, so I had to lie and be like, this is Skeletor, Skelly's dad. He's just <laughs> hanging out with you until Skelly comes back from vacation. Until me and mom are able to find a new one. <sighs> yeah, Roz was just like, just tell Santa to surprise me. 
which is fine. But then Harley took Everly and Roz to go see Santa. And she wrote him a letter there, so I don't really know what was in the letter or anything. <laughs> so I was trying to pry information out of her be like, so how did that go? She's like, well, it wasn't the real Santa. They were just workers for Santa. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, it's a busy time of year, you know. She's like, yeah. But I did write him a letter. And I'm like, okay, well, what was in it? Well, I want Legos. Any specific ones? <sighs> yeah, that's what I was like. What should I get your daughter? Rainbow blanket. Well, that was the last thing she told me. She was like, you know what I really want for Christmas? I want a rainbow tie-dye, super fluffy, fuzzy, giant blanket. And I'm like, fucking kid asked for that. I well, know. I got her a rainbow squishmallow hooded blanket, which I'm sure she'll love. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's not exactly picky, so I'm sure she'll love whatever, but... I'm it's like, I just need ideas, Roz. I know. I'm like, just make up your mind. It's okay. I'm the same way Jaden asked me last night. Again, he was like, so besides paint pens, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, dude, do you know how hard it was for me to come up with paint pens? I know! <laughs> I know. When, when I was like, let's go axe throwing. Let's go do something. I don't know. And, and it's almost it's harder for me, too, because it's also my birthday. So people are just like, what do you want for your birthday and Christmas? So then I have to think of double things. And uh, I know. We were going to go to Coffin Cats for your birthday, but now we're not doing that. I don't that. Really want to do that. No, I'm like, there's too much shit going on. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I don't know if you saw, but this past weekend they did, like, Polaroids with Krampus, where, like, instead of pictures with Santa, you could go do Polaroids with Krampus, and, like, they decked out their fireplace and stuff. But oh, I didn't know that it was by appointment, so I didn't make an appointment. And they're like, we're doing walk-ins the last 15 minutes of every hour. And I'm like, I'm not driving all the way down there to wait in line. I'm like, nah, I'm old now. I don't do that kind of stuff. No. Just so I could get a Polaroid with Krampus. Like, I'm cool. It sounds like fun. I'll just get a but Krampus that... costume for Sam or something and make him dress up like Krampus. And then I could get all the Polaroids I want with Krampus. <laughs> That's a good idea. And speaking of Krampus, guess what my episode is about! Krampus, part of my favorite Christmas tradition. Because every Christmas now, Dom and I watch the Aquabat Super Show episode where Krampus and Santa fight. It's so good. I love it. It's, I part, been, <laughs> it's part of our, like, tradition now. You ready to learn all about Krampus? Let's fucking go. Let's go. Hello and happy holidays from Cryptology, the podcast. Due to our unforeseen and unexpected hiatus, we are bringing you an extra special holiday episode. <laughs> However, it wouldn't be the Cryptology podcast if we were just to sit here and talk about our fuzzy feelings. We have to bring you the weirdest, strangest, and twistedest tales out there. But before we get into all of that, I am your host today, Michaela, and with me, as always, is my favorite human, who is, without a doubt, the twinkle to my Christmas lights, the liquor to my eggnog, the ribbons on my presents, my lovely, creepy counterpart, Salem. 
Ooh, hello! I am Salem, and let's see, what do I identify as I don't know. today? Um, the feeling you get when you're, like, rushing out the door and slip on ice. Ooh! It's been really icy, and I have stairs leading out of my apartment mm-hmm. no matter which way I go. And there has been many a slipping on ice the past week. And it is a, like, terrifying but thrilling feeling. So that's what I identify as, is terrifying but thrilling. That, that swooping feeling right. in your gut. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That's me this week. See, I identify as that fuzzy feeling inside when you look outside and it's, like, snowing and everything's just so great. Right before you realize you got to scrape your car or something. Right. Before you have to go out in it. When you see it falling through the street lights and you're like, oh, wow, how pretty. (gasps) And it's 12 degrees and there's ice stuck to my windshield and I have to drive in this shit. So the fuzzy feeling before the bad feeling. That's where I'm at right now. Yes. I'm feeling fuzzy today. As well as feeling fuzzy, I am also embracing my German and Austrian ancestors by talking about my all-time favorite Christmas creep, Krampus. Love Krampus. Love Krampus. We are pro-Krampus in this house. Absolutely. But before we get into it, I need to acknowledge (laughs) my sources. (laughs) An article from nationalgeographic.com titled Krampus Christmas Santa Devil question mark. Yeah, that was a little sketchy. But National Geographic reputable source. Reputable so sources, proud of you. Found a origin story of Krampus the Christmas legend from history.com as well as an article on Krampus from all things that's interesting.com. <laughs> and a very interesting blog on old European culture. Dot com. I like how your sources just get worse. <laughs> yeah. It's like most reputable to least reputable. You're like this old blog.com. <laughs> old European culture.blogspot.com to be precise. Now, I think by now we are all familiar with the name and face of Krampus. After many years of trying to be removed from European holiday traditions, social media has made it so Krampus is back for good. Along with several movie and TV series appearances, it looks like Krampus is here to stay. But why and where and how did this Christmas devil come to be? (gasps) We're going to get into it. Fuck yeah. So exciting. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Krampus is a half-man, half-goat-like creature who accompanies Santa Claus. Although his appearance can vary from region to region, a few facts always remain the same. He's a man-goat-like creature covered in black fur with devil horns and a long red tongue. He's adorned with bells and chains, carries birch sticks to beat children with, and has a wicker basket on his back. The name Krampus derives from the German word Krampen, which means claw. He is the German-Austrian bad counterpart to St. Nick. According to legends of folklore, Krampus would show up on the night of December 5th to punish naughty children by beating them with a birch stick, or if they were particularly naughty, he would carry them away to the underworld in his basket to either torture them or eat them. It depends on who you ask. Right, if you're good, you get beat. If you're bad, you get kidnapped. Well, no, if you're bad, you get beat. If you're, like, really, really bad, bad, you get kidnapped and tortured and possibly eaten. Who knows? I like how Krampus derives from claws. It's like 
He is the OG Claus of Christmas. <laughs> I love that you picked that out. You're so smart. On the following day of December 6th, good old Saint Nick would come through to give gifts to all the good little boys and girls. Until Krampus's resurgence in the most recent years, any mention of this Christmas fiend was sure to confuse many conservative Westerners. However, not it, the conservatives. The conservatives! <laughs> the conservatives have been trying to put Krampus down for nearly a century. We can't let him. Oh, they're not gonna win. That's been proven. However, it was not all that uncommon in the past centuries in European folklore for Santa Claus to have a wicked counterpart to enforce the idea of good behavior in children. Other parts of Germany have Belsnickel and Nichtrupricht, a black-bearded man who carries switches to beat children. France has Hans Trapp and Pierre Futard, I think. You, you took French, I didn't. I was, probably would still butcher that pronunciation. <laughs> I almost failed French. It's like, yes, I took it. No, I was not proficient or did well. Uh, yeah, I, I took German. So the German names, I'm like, I got this. The French ones, I'm like, ah. There are also some other helpers from the Netherlands, such as Zwart Piet, which have attracted some recent controversy. <clears throat> We're not going to get into that today, though, because today's topic is Krampus. Now, it is hard to pinpoint exactly when Krampus came to be. Part of this is due to many early Euro European folklore traditions being passed down orally through centuries. So an exact origin story or date is pretty hard to determine. However, most historians agree that part of Krampus's origin must have derived from the Norse god of the underworld, Hel. In some instances, it is said that Krampus is Hel's son. Nice! It's kind of dope. That's really dope, actually. Yeah. I've never heard that theory. That, like, Krampus is the... The, the son, son of the god of the underworld. Right. In Norse mythology. In Norse mythology. So that's part of a theory, but there's many other theories. The origin of Krampus is very muddy. It's a hodgepodge. It's just like people probably picked and chose pieces from different lore and was like, well, that's who Krampus is now. Pretty much. And that is exactly <laughs> what we're going to get into. Because although the origin of saying he's the son of hell can kind of make sense with the way he drags children to the underworld, but it doesn't really explain why Krampus is a goat or his accessories or really anything, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, but when it comes to Norse mythology at the same time, I don't look that far into it because Loki has a horse for a son. Well, yeah, because he turned into a female horse to fuck a male horse because we love gender bending Loki. Yes, we do. And that's how he got a horse as a son. <laughs> yes. Anyways, it doesn't necessarily make sense if you just look at that aspect. So to make it make more sense, we're going to broaden this scope a little bit and look closely at Krampus's accessories and image outside of his Christmas association. And we actually get a little bit of a clearer picture as to how this Christmas creep came to be, and it's super fascinating. Spoiler alert! Are you ready? Yes. Let me just start off by saying that Krampus originally 
was not the evil god slash son of the underworld that he is typically painted as today. See, I never knew he was the son of the underworld, so he hasn't been painted as that very prominently. He's not the typical devil that he looks like. We'll say that. Valid. And it is possible that he was the OG clause. We're going to start by looking at his accessories for further clues. First of all, we have the bells that he wears to announce his arrival. Traditionally, though, bells were used to drive away evil spirits. So why would an evil entity carry bells? Next, we have the chains. Early depictions of gods carrying chains were often in relation to saviors who would then chain the devil or chain the devil to the underworld. So why would a devil have chains? Right. And carry them with him as an accessory. And next we have the birch switch, which is really interesting. This is the switch that is used to beat children with. However, if we look at European folklore, However, if we look at European folklore through the centuries, birch symbolized many different things. Birch was often linked to fertility and virility, so to swat a child or an animal with a birch twig would be done so to chase away evil spirits and illness and to ensure a long, healthy, fertile life. Nothing says fertility like beating your children. Nothing says I love you and I hope you live a long time like beating your children. In addition, in Slavic and Celtic traditions, birch was also linked to the dead. In Slavic traditions, the dead, aka ancestors, were the ones who brought good things to the living, hence ancestor worship and honor. If Krampus is carrying around birch and accompanied by spirits of the dead, Does that mean he's there to cause harm? According to these traditions, it would just kind of depend on how the person treated the dead. They treated them with respect. Krampus would then bring good things. I don't know about you, but this is not entirely sounding like an evil being to me. Definitely not. It sounds like Krampus is a sad little misunderstood boy. Mm -hmm. Next, we're going to look at the basket. In many small isolated villages around Europe, Krampus would come to visit carrying wheat in his basket, and his helpers were men dressed up as sheaves of wheat. It's no secret that winters in Europe are cold and harsh, and centuries ago, having an extra store of wheat could be the difference between starving or surviving. Krampus would come along and hand out extra wheat to families. Hmm. Baskets are also symbols of abundance. Think of the cornucopia at Thanksgiving time and what that represents. Health, food, longevity, longevity, it's all starting to paint an interesting picture that I feel like we don't see these days. Accessories aside, we also need to look at Krampus's appearance. A goat. Why a goat? It was only in the most recent century that goats have been tied to the devil and evil. Therefore, to understand this, we need to look at alpine goats. Woo! These tough little creatures were prime livestock in many mountainous regions around Europe. They could survive tough winters, tough terrain, and live off almost any vegetation. They also provided milk, cheese, meat, fur, and bones for tools and other such necessities. With this frame of thinking, we can kind of see that the goat, in fact, was very special and in some cases, probably a sacred creature. Goats could mean survival. 
It is also interesting to note that alpine goats mating season starts in December, coincidentally right when Krampus visits. Krampus is horny as fuck. Well, both duh. literally and figuratively. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. Also, if we look at astrology during this time of year, we can also see the importance of the goat. And this I found really crazy. The hunter, Sagittarius, shoots the goat, Capricorn. The wounded goat wanders off. He's dying. That's when Capricorn ends. From the goat's blood, which is Aquarius, the blood pouring out, grows a magic flower, which is then spring. The goat eats a petal of this magical flower and springs back to life. The entire winter season in folklore revolves around the death and resurrection of the sun. Alpine goats are often depicted with golden horns, which is also known as, you know, the winter solstice, which also happens to fall on the first day of Capricorn season. So the death and resurrection of the goat brings about spring, which brings food and new life. Really interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I never thought about it in relation to astrology, but if you think about it from that lens, even back then they were framing that turn of the year based on death and resurrection of the goat, which brought food and life. Yeah, it's like the circle of life. Mm-hmm. The fact that the goat brings life and food and wheat and fertility and virility. Could it be that Krampus is the real Santa? And the Santa we know today is really a usurping imposter? I believe it. I've seen Santa Claus too. But no, Krampus is obviously evil. The most Well, most of course, evil. because he has horns and he's a goat. Right. So obviously he's evil. He's a hoofed, hairy goat man. You know who else is a hoofed, hairy goat man? Satan, says some people. Pan, too, who also brought about food, wealth, and virility. But, you know, that's a different story. Right. And that's different A lot of it is just tied into, like, not being disrespectful and not being selfish and good things will come. Mm. But where mm. if you act out of turn and out of wanting to help others or, like, be genuinely gracious, then you don't deserve shit. Basically. And we can even see this all across Europe the pagan winter solstice traditions that include representation or imagery of goats. Does the Swedish Yule goat ring any bells? Do you know the... I don't think I do. So, they carry bells. Ring any bells. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um, Hilarious. In Swedish tradition, a lot of times they would make these little goat dolls out of wheat. It's really, really old tradition, but sometimes if you look around, you can see where they're tied with red ribbons, but they make these little goats out of wheat. And this dates back to the 16th century, right. possibly farther. Goats, and that's the Swedish Yule goat. That's what it's called. And in the 19th century, the Yule goat's role in Scandinavia started shifting towards becoming the giver of gifts, with one man dressing up as the Yule Goat to bring gifts. However, over time, it shifted a bit to the goat being replaced by Jul... Jul... Tomti. My Scandinavian is not that good, I apologize. Which translates to Father Christmas or Santa Claus. 
And during the second half of the 19th century, towards the early 20th century, the Yule goat was still there, but it shifted to him pulling the sleigh and Santa being the one to give the gifts. Of course. Oh, that's some fucking bullshit. They done did Krampus dirty. Yeah, that sounds about right. It is also unsurprising to see that the shift from Krampus, the Christmas goat, to Santa Claus happened when Christianity became widespread throughout Europe. As pagan winter traditions were morphed into a more modern-looking Christmas tradition, we can see how many things were changed over time and adopted into a Christian lens. Yup. They whitewash so much of history. Mm-hmm. Like, decorating Christmas trees has nothing to do with Christmas. Or Christ, or the story of Jesus at all. We no. decorate trees for the solstice and leave gifts as an offering. Also, the date of December 25th has nothing to do with the birth of Christ. It is the winter solstice tradition and the Feast of Saturnalia yep. that they then morphed into something that is slightly more acceptable. Yeah, they took it and they whitewashed it and then claimed it as their own. Mm-hmm. And as so, the white people like to do. As what white people love to do. We love to take shit. Even though this is coming from other white people, which is the interesting thing. Yeah, but it's not the, the Christian whites. It's not... Yes. This is the pagan whites. Yes. We, we'd be talking about the pagan whites. But with this frame of thought, we can see how the winter goat of fertility quickly became Santa Claus. I mean... How could a goat with no hands make toys anyways? I mean, you know, it totally makes sense. And Santa Claus became a kindly bishop who gave to the poor. The wintergreen trees that promised the return of spring became the Christmas tree. You know, kind of as if we just put the word Christmas in front of it, no one will know that we stole it from another tradition. Exactly. So instead of the Yuletide tree, it's the Christmas tree. Perfect, it's fine. And so on and so forth until we have Christmas traditions that look very similar to what we see today. I like how I picked out from the beginning. I was like, maybe Krampus is really Santa and Santa's a dickhead. <laughs> I love that you picked that up right away just from the fact that Krampus means claw. That's how my brain works, though, where I'm like, yeah, I Krampus means claw. So maybe that's where Santa Claus came from. Because, yeah, maybe it was derivative of something else, but they're like, eh, it's a little intimidating having, like, a big hooved goat man, especially, like, bringing presents, especially since we're trying to pass off that Satan is a big hooved mean goat man. So mm. we can't have a big hooved goat man bringing presents and being nice because that completely counteracts the image of Satan and the mm. fact that he's all evil and all powerful it's like you can't have a nice version and a mean version in christianity it's kind of funny how that has been a battle point for krampus poor poor krampus now in the late 19th century and early 20th century we see the more commonly recognized krampus traditions start to take place so all these pieces from across europe and all these traditions came together to form Krampus, the Krampus, the goat man with the birch sticks and the basket and all that fun stuff. One of the most famous Krampus traditions are Krampus greeting cards or the Krampus carton. 
when the postcard industry experienced a boom in Germany and Austria in the 1890s, it opened up the way for the Krampus carton. These holiday cards weren't, they didn't mean to uh, make you feel warm and fuzzy. Ones marked Gruß von Krampus, or greetings from Krampus, showed Krampus stuffing a distressed child into his satchel, or preparing to hit one with his birch sticks. I love those, though. They're so fun. They're so fun. And many of these postcards depicted Krampus going after children with his sticks, leading them away in chains, or just carrying them off in his basket, which it's just fun. There were also cards that were <clears throat> more adult. <clears throat> Krampus cards in the early 20th century showed him punishing children, yes, but also proposing to women. Some cards, Krampus is portrayed as a large woman whipping tiny men with her birch sticks. I love that. And carrying them off in her satchel. Yes, dominatrix, <laughs> Krampus, let's go, baby. In other versions, there's a smiling woman dangling a defeated-looking Krampus in the air and holding his bundle of birch sticks behind her back. You can kind of draw your own conclusions about those kinds of gender politics. <clears throat> but for over a century, most Americans probably never saw a Krampus card or even knew who Krampus was. That changed in 2004. Which was not that long ago. No, I was like, that's really recent. That's 20 years ago, but that's still fairly recent. It is extremely recent. In 2004, an art director and graphic designer, Monte Beauchamp, published a book of Krampus greeting cards and helped organize an art show that was inspired by the cards. Up until that point, really, I mean, if you think back, Krampus is fairly new to this side of the waters. So we can all thank social media for spreading awareness of the Krampus Carton as well as the Krampus Lauf. The Krampus Lauf, or Krampus Run, is a night where young men would dress up as Krampus and an assortment of devils run amok in the streets, drink, and of course cause mischief and scare children. That sounds like fun. It sounds super fun. This tradition originally started in Finland, where we can find a tradition of young men dressing up as goats, who would then go door to door for drinks. The men would drink as much as possible to ensure that the grain harvest would become equally indulgent. Goats, grain, fertility. Of course, poor Krampus would not have it easy. There have been many times that the image and concept of Krampus were banned across Europe. In Austria in 1923, Krampus and all Krampusnacht slash Krampuslauf activities were banned by the fascist Christian social party. They were sure that Krampus was not good for kids, and they passed out pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man. Oh my god, Christians love their pamphlets. Warning parents against influencing young children with threats of violent holiday intruders. Though, you know, they may have had a point on the traumatic effects of telling misbehaving children that they were going to be eaten by Santa Claus's evil twin, Society really wasn't deeply moved. The ban lasted for only about four years, and the vague murmurs of disapproval continued only a little bit longer after that. But then a couple decades later, we saw another Krampus ban during World War II. The fascist Christian Social Party was back again for another swing at Krampus, only this time it was because they were certain Krampus was a creation of the Social Democrats. 
going to say, if they say Krampus is a fucking communist, I swear to God. <laughs> no, it was the Democrats this time. Those darn Democrats. So that ban, of course, did not last long at all. Predominantly, though, it is thanks to social media that there's been an impressive resurgence of Krampus activities across the globe. Right now, you can attend authentic Krampuslauf activities in Austria, Germany, Slovenia, Hungary, and the Czech Republic, all complete with drinks, screams, and hand-carved wooden Krampus masks. These types of festivities are even catching on in the States as well, with various Krampus activities throughout the month of December. Krampus Christmas sweaters, and of course, a Krampus carton or two. However it was that Krampus came to be, I think we can all appreciate what he used to represent and kind of what he still represents to this day. And at the very least, we can all acknowledge that you can't keep a golden goat down. Happy holidays. Fuck yeah. I love Krampus. So do I. And when I started researching it, I thought it was really interesting, the ties to Norse mythology. Yeah, I didn't know that there was, like, that strong of ties to Norse Mm -hmm. mythology. And I think it's really cool how you can see the same themes of Krampus and, like, being a good bringer of things through astrology and different types Mm -hmm. of mythology. But... Like I said, big angry goat man painted as evil because Christians are like that. I mean, it it was kind of creepy. So I can kind of see where, you know, a jolly old man is a little bit less frightening than this wooden goat hunchback creature coming into your house. Right, who either brings you good or beats you with reeds. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of how life is. Right. It is either good to you or it beats you, and sometimes you're not really sure. See, now kids just get coal instead, and I don't think that has as strong of an impact. I don't think so either. The The birch sticks are much better. See, if we need to outlaw any Christmas tradition, it needs to be motherfucking elf on a shelf. Okay. Rosie was telling me she's glad that we don't have one because she thinks they're creepy. They are! She's like, it looks like a murderer with those rosy cheeks and beady eyes. And I'm like, thank you! No, they are so creepy. And like, I don't know about you, my son is well-behaved enough where I don't have to like threaten him with psychological warfare to make him behave at Christmas. I mean, I still have to gaslight the shit out of my child, but you know. Right. You don't have to use an elf to do it. To each their own. No, I know. And I'm just like, Krampus is going to get you. And she's like, hmm, that don't sound too fun. And I'm like. All I have to tell Dom is it's not too late to work your way over to the naughty list, dude. Your child's easier than mine. I had to formulate an entire call from Santa, the whole nine yards. Thank you for joining us today on this spectacular creepy holiday edition of the creeptology podcast you can follow our instagram at creeptology podcast or send us any topics questions concerns listener stories any of that fun stuff to our email at creeptology podcast at gmail.com i think that's it i think that's it as well thank you for joining us i'm michaela i am salem and we will see you in two weeks